Mark chapter number 7 and verse number 24. It's an honor and a privilege to be standing before you today and uh, able to preach the Word of God. We don't count it lightly and we hope we can get help from heaven. Mark chapter 7, verse number 24. Let's stand together for the reading of God's Word and prayer for the message in reverence to the one that wrote the book. Mark chapter 7, verse 24. And from thence he arose and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon and entered into a house and would have no man know it, but he could not be hid. Let me stop right there and say, if you've got Jesus in your life, you can't hide him. For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek. A Syrophoenician by nation. And she sought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said unto her, Let the children be filled, for it is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it unto the dogs. This is Jesus. He's telling this Syrophoenician woman, It's not right to take bread off of this table. And give it to you, a dog. Hmm. Kind of strange. What was all being said? What was all being meant here? Look at verse 28. And she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord. Yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. And he said unto her for this saying, Go thy way. The devil is gone out of thy daughter. And when she was come to her... House, she found the devil gone out and her daughter laid upon the bed. I want to use this for a thought for a little while this morning on this Mother's Day. I'm just asking for the crumbs. I'm just asking for the crumbs. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We pray that you'll touch our minds. Lord, loose this tongue, let it go. Let us preach with power from heaven. Lord, as we give the message to your people this morning. Lord, we'll praise you, give you glory and honor for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name we humbly ask and pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. I believe just about everyone in the sound of my voice this morning probably has a need in their life. Most of us probably have several needs. I'd go a step farther and say that most people in this room today have one or more major needs in their life and some may not see how that particular need is going to be met. I believe some people are probably looking at devastating family problems. Some are looking at financial difficulties. Some are looking at a problem with a child of some sort of another. Some see their own souls and realize that they're lost by the end of this service. Some are looking at a disease and wondering what lies ahead. Some are looking at their parents and realizing that they're not going to last forever. That's why Mother's Day is important. Your mother's not going to always be with you. Take this day to honor her and cherish her if you would. I could stand here all day and not even get close to completing a list of problems that many are facing today. And in the midst of your problems, we need someone to help us. 
You need someone that you can turn to that can give you the solution that you need for your problems. You need God to work in your life. You don't need Him to lift every burden, just the heaviest of your burdens. You don't need Him to move every mountain in your life, just the tallest mountain in your life. You don't need God to give you the whole loaf of bread. At times it just takes a little bit of a crumb off the bread to give us the help that we need. This is a situation we're looking at in this passage today. Jesus is approached by a mother who is in a desperate situation. She needs something in her life. She comes to the Lord and as she does, she's not asking for the whole meal. She's just asking for the crumbs that comes from the master's table. She's just asking Jesus to move in one particular situation in her life. Jesus had told the Pharisees, the scribes, His disciples, He had done told the multitudes that nothing in of itself is unclean. In Mark chapter 7. He told them that defilement is from within. His message was simple. What a man is in his heart is what he truly is. Uh, That's exactly what Jesus is relaying to his men uh, here in chapter 7 verse 14 up to verse number 23. And as soon as that encounter is over. uh, Jesus and his men go to Tyre. And Sidon, which is in the heart of Gentile territory. And once again, they try to uh, get some rest from the pressures of the ministry. But we're told in verse 24 that He, Jesus, cannot be hid. That's always the case. When Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, is in a person, when He's in a family, when He's in a church, when He's in a community, or wherever He may be, He simply cannot be hid today. I believe that the Word of God will get out when Jesus is around. I believe the Word itself will get out when people understand that Jesus is nearby and that He is in the house. And that's why we should do everything that we can do to ensure that we create an atmosphere where He can work amongst us. Where people can look at your life and say, they're a child of the King. They're blood-bought and they are a Christian. Folks, I'm here to tell you there's too many people out there today that think they've all got it figured out. Uh, they feel like that they don't, listen, that they're perfect uh, and they have already done, listen, they've already accepted Christ as their Savior and just because they can make that proclamation, they believe that they can live like hell itself. Uh, I'm here to tell you, when Jesus Christ moves in, uh, there'll be a change in your life. You won't go to those sinful ways uh, because the devil has slipped you a counterfeit if you're not very careful. Once I got saved, I didn't want to go back to the things of this world. I wanted to be in the house of God, Brother Damon. I I didn't want to go and do the things that I used to do. I knew that God had changed my life. In this text, we find a burdened mother that locates Jesus. And she begins to petition Him for the help that she needs. 
She faces several challenges, but she continues to persist until she gets an answer. I see first of all here in verse 25 and 26, a mother and her request. Look at the reason that she came. This woman came because she had a dire need. It was her daughter. It was her own daughter that was filled with the devil. I know many of mothers today that probably think that their daughters are filled with devils. I know many uh, 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 mothers today that think, Brother Joe, that their sons are, are filled with devils. This was this mother's problem. She had a daughter uh, that was filled with the devil. And she was heartbroken. And she didn't know what else to do but get to Christ uh, and get to Him uh, soon and quick. Uh, and ask Him, please Lord, help in this situation. The reason she came, she had a desperate need. The reason that she cried. Why is she crying? Was she shouting out to Jesus for the help that she needed? Why was she so frantic? Well, she was heartbroken over the condition of her daughter. And she was determined to get her child the help that she needed. There are many times in this life when you'll see your children go wayward. And you need to get them the help that they need. And the first thing we have to do is get to Jesus Christ. And allow Him to give us the help that that daughter needs. Or that son may need. You see the reason she came. The reason she cried. The reason she called. Verse 25 tells us that this woman had heard of Him. Perhaps she had heard about how Jesus had healed all manner of diseases and how He had opened the eyes of the blind and unstopped the ears of the deaf and how He had driven away the demons from other people. She may have heard about how Jesus had gone over into the country of the Gadarenes and delivered a man possessed with a legion of devils and was sitting, found sitting up clothed and in His right mind. Being delivered out of the tombs. Being delivered out of nakedness. Being delivered out of cutting himself. Being delivered from demonic powers. This man in Gadarene. And I bet she might have just said, if he can deliver that man from a legion of demons, surely he can deliver my daughter from the grip of one devil. From the grip of one devil. Let me tell you something, folks. You don't have to have a legion of devils. It don't take but one devil to wreck your family. It don't take but one devil to tear your family apart and get a hold of your child and bring your child out into this world and you'll be worried sick over and over and night after night wondering where your child is, wondering what the child is doing and wondering if they're going to make it home all right and knowing in your heart that if they was to die in a car accident that night that they would split hell wide open. I call that a desperate need for your child. This woman came to Jesus because faith and hope had been aroused in her heart. She needed something that society had not been able to provide. You see, you can't go to society want answers for your problems. They're just going to tell you to take a pill. You can't go to society wanting a, a, a help for your problem because they're just going to tell you that lifestyle's all right with us when it's not okay with God. 
I'm here to tell you we ought to take the Word of God as truth uh, and what it is uh, and apply it to our life uh, and throw the rest of the mess out. Amen? Uh, Listen, the Word of God is the only truth. Uh, We can't find truth from Dr. Phil. Uh, You can't find truth from Oprah Winfrey. You can't find truth from, uh, listen, some type of magazine. Uh, It's only the Word of God that we can get our help uh, through the Lord today. My, my. Whatever the need in your life may be today, you should take this lesson from this woman. Get that need to Jesus. Get the need to Jesus. Get them to Jesus. Regardless of what you face in your life today, the answer can be found in Him. He can move your mountain. He can meet your need. He can save your soul. He can forgive your sins. He can touch your loved ones. You name it, He can do it. He invites you to come. Don't be afraid to call on Him. You don't have to bear your burdens alone. Bring those cares to Christ. He can help you. You may think that there is no help for this youngin' and there is no help for that youngin'. Even myself, I've looked at people's lives and I've said, there is no help for him. There is no help from her. But I'm here to tell you, Dave, on the authority of God's Word, there is help today. And it can be help from the Lord Jesus Christ. But we got to want help. Oh, saying is, Maxie, you can lead a horse to the watering trough, but you can't make that rascal drink it. We can lead you to right where Jesus Christ is this morning, but I can't make you accept Him. I can lead you right to the foot of the cross of Calvary, but it's up to you to accept Him and make that change in your life. This mother had resolve. She didn't get the response that she imagined she'd get. But she stayed with Jesus until she got what she wanted. What would you think if you'd heard about this man? King of the Jews. He's he's healing people. He's casting out devils. He's doing all this stuff. And you go up to him. I've got a need. And he just looks at you and says, Huh, ain't nothing but a dog. How many of us would have thrown our arms up in the air and walked off? This woman didn't do that. Look at the obstacles that she had to overcome. She had obstacles. And she had to overcome many of these obstacles in order to secure her daughter's healing. It seemed that she met resistance to a request on every hand. Yet she persisted until she achieved her goal. She had the obstacle of race. Verse 26 tells us that this woman was from Tyre or Sidon. Matthew 15, 22 tells us that she was a Canaanite. This reveals two things about this mother. She was descended from a cursed people. And when Joshua led the people of Israel into Canaan, they had been commanded to totally destroy the Canaanites. She was a member of a doomed race. Second, she was, a, she was from a region known for vile religious practices. This woman had two strikes against her from the very start. She not only had an obstacle of race, she had an obstacle of religion. She came to Jesus and called out to Him and said, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou Son of David. Here she was a Gentile mother crying out to the Jewish Messiah. Let's see how that works out. She had no right to come to Jesus through the door of Judaism. 
She was a Gentile. And according to Matthew 15, 23, she gave her the response that she deserved. He answered her not a word. The Bible said. And then she had the obstacle of racism. When the disciples met... And when the disciples see and and hear that this Gentile woman is calling out for the Messiah, they react by telling Jesus to send her her way. Take her on. Get her away from here. They wanted nothing to do with her. She was not one of their people, you see. And in their eyes, she was different. And that was enough to justify them not caring about her at all. Religion. Listen, don't take that word... Loosely today, religion's what makes you strap a bomb around your waist and go blow it up in a bunch right. of people. I don't have religion today. I've got Jesus, amen. I've got Christianity. But then there's the object or the obstacle of rejection. As Jesus speaks to this woman, his words appear harsh to her ears. His words must have shaken her to the very core of her being, must have hurt her deep down into her bones. His words actually probably broke her heart. But Matthew chapter 15, verse 23 through 26, adds a lot of detail concerning this conversation. First, Jesus simply ignores her. It is as if he turns an indifferent ear to her, cries as she cried out for help. Then he tells her that His whole purpose of coming to this world was to reach the lost sheep of Israel. And when she persists, Jesus tells her that she's a dog and does not deserve the children's bread. The disciples rejected her and now it appears that Jesus is rejecting her too. It appears... But then you see the obstacle of reality. The reality of the situation is harsh. Her daughter was possessed by a devil. She was a member of a doomed race. These religious men did not seem to care about her and her situation at all. It must have appeared to her that her situation was pretty well hopeless. Some of you are looking at some of the same barriers this morning. You might be a lost person and you, you, you don't have Jesus, but you need Him. You need Him and you need Him today. You may have some of the largest problems you've ever faced in your life and you feel like that nobody can help you. I'm here to tell you on the authority of God's Word, you can get help today. He won't turn you away. Others have been praying and seeking God about matters that trouble their heart. You've cried out to Him and asked Him to do this or that in your life. And you seem like there's no answer. You feel like giving up. Let me encourage you today. God's silence is not an indication of God's unwillingness to meet your need. God's silence serves to to, to temper our faith and to remind us that He operates on a different schedule than you and I do. He's just looking to see how much faith you got. It takes faith uh, to have those prayers answered uh, uh, in the way that we would uh, uh, wish. Uh, It it takes faith to know and understand that God said He'd give you the desires of your heart. Uh, And if it's the desire of your heart uh, that that daughter or that son uh, would be saved, uh, my friend, uh, I believe if you'll pray, get in touch with heaven, God will answer that prayer and save that one that's lost. Verse 27, I see the opportunities of faith. 
Jesus speaks with this woman. He ne- but notice, he never slams the door in her face. He says, let the children, listen to this. This is good. Don't miss this. Jesus says, let the children first be filled. First, Joe. (laughs) The word first was exactly what this brokenhearted mother needed to hear. Jesus didn't say you cannot have what you're looking for. He said, I've come to the children of Israel and they must be filled first. You know what happened? She took that to mean that seconds were available. <laughs> oh, she had a good sense of mind of knowing uh, uh, that if he's going to take care of them first, uh, there's going to be some seconds at the table. Well, I'll tell you what, sometimes leftovers is better than the first time you eat it. Amen. I tell you what, uh, uh, Tina make up that big old baked spaghetti, uh, and boy, she'll put it in the oven, and we'll eat it that day. Uh, but it sure is better the next day, cold right out of the refrigerator, popped in that microwave. Uh, it's a whole lot better the second day. Uh, it even gets better the third day. And if there's even any left, I'll go ahead and eat it on the fourth day. Yeah. It gets better the longer it sits. I'm not a listen. I'm accustomed to seconds. Amen. That's all right. But she understood that the Lord Jesus said, First, I must take care of the children of Israel. She thought, Oh boy, that means there's seconds. Watch the progression here. As these obstacles were thrown up. And what had taken place. You see, she calls on Jesus based on His role as the Jewish Messiah. She receives no help there. She has no right to approach him on that ground. Number two, she hears Jesus tell her that her mission here on this earth is his mission is to the nation of Israel. When she hears this, she moves beyond seeing him as a Jewish Messiah. She now sees him as her only hope. She sees him as being worthy of worship. In Matthew 15, 25, another account of this story, she bows down to Him, humbles herself at His feet, gives Him the worship He deserves, and appeals to Him for the help that she needs. Matthew 15, 26 through 27, Mark 7, 27, now she hears Jesus compared to a dog. (laughs) The Jews looked at all non-Jewish people as dogs. It's used as a metaphor of people who are unclean that's what it that, that's what it was meant meant, yeah. meant to mean in those days it was meant as a metaphor that would mean unclean or filthy or dirty in fact the jews used this word dog to refer to sodomites and homosexuals jesus used that word in matthew 7 and 6 but here the word is used differently this word Means puppy. Little puppy. It refers not to a mangy, dirty dog, but a little puppy that is a beloved, a beloved pet inside of a house. It refers to an animal that is looking on as part of the family. I always imagine that Jesus had a twinkle in his eyes. He said this and she immediately catches the meaning. (laughs) 
The image here is a beloved puppy sitting under the table while the family eats a meal. It sits there hoping and expecting that someone will just drop a morsel of food on the floor and the puppy can see that food, it can smell that food, and it knows what it wants and it wants it very much. Yeah. You see, when Jesus called her a dog, she was, he was just looking at her as a little pup. Yeah. Being part of the family. How many of you have a little dog at home? Now, I don't feed our dog scraps from the table. But that little dog knows when we eat. And she'll go get under the table. It can be a green bean. It can be a, a piece of a biscuit. Yeah. It can be anything that's dropped on that floor. And that dog knows it's a coming. Yeah. Our dog is so spoiled. Matter of fact. She won't even eat out of her bowl until we start eating from the table. Imagine that. If we're gone all day and we have lunch out somewhere and we come back in and have a, a, a supper that night, it'd be 6 o'clock, we hadn't been there all day, we left the dog food that morning, that dog will not eat until we gather up at the table to eat ourselves. She may hang around the table for a little while, but when she finds out that she can't get what she wants there, she'll go and finally get her food out of her bowl. Yeah. Mm. She says, I know that it isn't right to take fruit from the children's table and give it to dogs. This is what she's saying here. But even the dogs are sometimes treated to a morsel from the table. Yeah. All I'm asking for, Lord, is just a crumb. Yeah. Just a little old crumb. She wasn't asking for everything. She was just looking for a puppy's portion. <laughs> she was just looking for just a little bit of a crumb from the master's table. But look at the obligations of her faith in verse 28. A lot of people would have given up. Jesus had ignored her. The disciples played the race card. Jesus, Jesus even compared her to a dog. Yet she persisted. Most folks would have thrown up their hands in frustration and stormed off in anger. I don't need this mess uh, so much for your God of love, uh, your message of compassion. Uh, I don't understand why He's uh, treating me this way. Uh, this is a bigoted type religion. I don't want anything to do with God or a religion like that. This is the way many people react when they do not get what they want when they want it. But not this woman. Why do people pout? They can't get what they want. If you've got a child, they're pouting because you didn't get them a phone. You can get them a phone, but you didn't get them an iPhone, so they're going to pout. They're going to pout because you didn't give them a cookie before supper today. They're going to pout, but this woman didn't pout. She persisted in spite of everything that was thrown into her pathway. Why? She persisted because too much was at stake. Her little daughter was possessed with a devil. She had only one hope. And the hope of all that she had was Jesus Christ. A crumb might have been all that she could get, but she knew that a crumb from His hands was more than enough to take care of that devil that was in her, her daughter. The crumb was enough. Then I see the mother and a reward. Jesus finally responded to her faith. He was amazed by the depth of her faith. In fact, this woman is only one of two people that Jesus referred to as having great faith. Yeah. 
Can you see the, you and I going up there and trying that? We would have been so flustered and frustrated, not knowing the true meaning of the word, and walked out and left and said, forget this. The other person who had great faith, of course, was a Roman centurion who came to Jesus to have Jesus heal a sick servant. Amazingly, both of these people were Gentiles. If these Gentiles got help, why can't you and I as Gentiles get help? Jesus rewarded her faith. He rewarded her faith by giving her exactly what she asked for. He healed her daughter. I realize that some people in this very room uh, uh, that will be listening to this message today uh, or later on in the weeks are looking at situations and problems uh, that are every bit as hard and as painful as this woman has faced. You're facing things in your life that you thought that you would never face before. You're looking at things and you say, Surely this can't be happening to me. Surely this is not true. Surely this is not fact. Surely this can't be happening to me. Then many people will throw up their hands and say, It's no use. God doesn't care. Go away. Don't bother me. Don't bother Him with this anymore. It's never going to change. I know that folks get discouraged. Yeah. I know that folks get defeated. And you wonder if there's any use or any help for you. Take help for this, friend, and take it to heart. There's hope. Yeah. And there's help. Amen. Today might be the day when the Master responds to your cries. Today might be the day when you see that mountain moved in your life. Today might be the day when you come to Him and call on Him to be saved. Today might be the day when you come to Him and He answers that critical request that you need, that critical time in your life. Today may be the day. Today might be the day when His peace replaces your pain and you can get the help that you need. We have to bring that need to Him. Well, preacher, I've brought it to Him before. Yeah, but when you don't go back with that need to be answered, you're doing what this lady didn't do. You're walking away saying you're giving up. Don't give up. Stay at the Master's table. A crumb just might come your way. Bring that need to Him today. You might say, preacher, you don't understand how big my problem is. No, I don't understand how big your problem is. But I know a God in heaven that knows your problem. And He knows how big your problem is. And I know He can touch you today. Look for me. Look with me if you could just for a minute. At what He can do. I want you to think about it. Look, there's Jairus. He, pl- he places his daughter in the hand of Jesus and Jesus raises her from the dead. Amen. Look at Lazarus. Four days in a tomb. Mary and Martha place him in the hands of Jesus and Lazarus lives. Look, there's a multitude that needs to be fed, but they have no food. They got a few loaves and they've got a few fishes. They, 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 they're placed in the hands of Jesus and suddenly everyone's got enough to eat. You think Jesus can't help you with your problems today? Huh? There's disciples in a boat. There's a storm comes along in the middle of the lake in the dead of the night. They're afraid they're going to die in that storm. They place themselves in the hand of Christ and they arrive safely on the shore. There's a leper and he's healed. His ruined flesh is all of a sudden as smooth as a baby. 
It's because of Christ. There's a blind man, now he can see. There's a deaf man, now he can hear. There's a crippled man, now he can walk. There's a man possessed with a demon and he's freed. Look, there's Jesus hanging on a cross. He's dead. They take his body down, place it in a grave. Look, three days, there's nothing. Hope is gone. It appears that evil's won. But wait a minute. Look again. He lives. He lives. He lives forevermore. I'm here to tell you, folks, it doesn't matter what you're going through. This is just a small sample of things that people have went through in Scripture. You've went through a lot of things. A little crumb for the Lord's table may be all that you need today to get you through. Others may need Him to drop the whole platter down on you. I don't know. But you know what? He can do that too. He can drop the platter or He can drop a crumb. But I guarantee you, whatever He drops on you today will be just enough to give you the help of what your need is today. I want you to stand. As they come, get us a song of invitation. Maybe you just need a touch from the Master today. You just need a morsel. You just need a... You just need a crumb. A crumb is all you need. As some are already coming, you come. It's okay. Listen, you got a need. What's wrong with one more prayer? What's wrong with one more time to come to the Lord and ask for uh, a help? Don't just forget about it and think that the Lord can't help you because He can. He's just trying your faith. This woman didn't run away and say, Hey, I don't need all of that. No, she said, I'll just take the crumbs that fall. I'll take what He can give. Listen, your life may be a wreck this morning. You may be on your way to hell without Jesus. I know a man that can change your life and change it instantly and change it today. You may be here today. You've got some other need. Uh, won't you come bring it to the Lord? Try Him. It may be financial. It may be, listen, it may be a, a physical. Whatever the need may be, He can meet that need. You may be here, been saved before. You backslid on God. You're living out in the world and you're nowhere near God. He can help you. He'll give you another chance to come to Him. If you just say, Lord, I need you. I'm wrong. I need you. Listen, we all in this room today need the Lord Jesus Christ. Father in heaven, God, we love you. Lord, as we come to you today, maybe you take this message, apply it to the hearts of the people. May someone close to hell get their heart right with God today. Lord, I pray that there be one here that's that's saved just out of the will of God. They need help. Lord, I pray they'll come. Get the help that they need. Lord, we'll love you. Thank you. Praise you. Give you glory and honor for all you do. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You come.